0: It all began in a garden. There was pure perfection. Beauty everywhere. Not a single mosquito. Actually, there probably were mosquitoes. I don't know. (laughs) But pure beauty everywhere. This God who created the entire world in six days and rested on the seventh. I don't know if you've taken a chance to look around this place, but it's incredible. Just that one rock cliff over there is just one of billions in the entire world. The grains of sand, the oceans that teem with life and, and that are so full of creatures that no human eye has ever seen. thousands of variations of a banana. A walrus. So fat and ugly it's cute. (laughs) Sloths, giraffes with their long necks and the way they run with grace. Incredible sunrises. Breathtaking sunsets. Pure Unity and harmony in the Garden of Eden. That is where it began. Adam and Eve were in perfect fellowship with each other and in perfect fellowship with God the Father. Sin had not yet entered the world. Until one day there was one choice made that changed the trajectory of our human history. One rule, don't mess with that tree. And Adam and Eve, in a moment of pure selfishness and pride, messed with that tree. And that's the first time that sin entered into our world. And they were ashamed and they hid from God. As if you can hide from the one who knows all and sees all. But don't you and I do the same thing? We mess up. We quit going to church. We quit coming around. We quit talking to our buddies. It was perfect. It was perfect until that one choice was made. because God is an incredibly kind, gracious God. He forgives them, but there's consequences. And so Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden. And this is the beginning of our history. It paints for us a really big picture. And the big picture is this, that right now, unbeknownst to us, because we can't really see it, there is a cosmic battle going on in the heavenlies right now between light and dark, between good and evil, between angels and demons, and lives are hanging in the balance, and every single human on the planet will spend forever and ever with Jesus in heaven one day. Or they will spend forever and ever eternally separated from God the Father in hell itself. There is an all-out spiritual war going on. And you and I miss that all the time because we're so busy with our cute little lives. Spiritual warfare. Attacks of the enemy. We're out here playing nerf guns with each other instead of waging war together. Friendly fire. Casualties. Left and right. You and I take each other out all the time. All the time. Because we've forgotten who we are. And we've forgotten our roots and and where we began. And the enemy, it's not who you think it is. Your enemy is not sitting in this place tonight. Your enemy is not in your family. Your enemy is not back in St. Angelo. Your enemy isn't even someone that you can see. But he's the devil. And Avengers... Thanos is the enemy. And one guy says this about Thanos. He's a plague. He invades planets. He takes what he wants. He wipes out half of the population. And I'd say that's pretty darn accurate of the devil. The scripture says that he goes around roaring like a lion, roaming like a lion, seeking someone to devour, and you and I, instead of linking arms and standing together in unity and loving each other, we're throwing each other out like bait before the enemy. Real talk. Sorry to warm you all up. (laughs) We throw each other like bait in front of the enemy. And tonight, God is calling us to return to our roots, to our family history, to chase the the tree, the roots of the tree, and, and go back to where we began. And where we began was a place of unity in the garden. Where we began is that Adam loved Eve, and Eve loved Adam, and they walked together in perfect unity and harmony. And not only with each other, but with God. That is who we are. That is our identity. That is our truest self. Children of God. It's a call to unity, a call to fellowship, a call to one team, and that team is Jesus. It's a call to the table. I don't know if you've ever had lunch with someone that you were salty with. Oh, you thought they were salty with you. Just me? There's five of us in here? Okay. But it goes something like this, for me at least. You avoid eye contact. You keep your head down low. You don't say much. Because you just don't know where you stand. And you know, I think that's true of a lot of us tonight. I think if we really checked our hearts and, and we thought about the words that we sang, I, I don't think we would sing so loudly. <laughs> it's easy to go on the autopilot and to sing the songs and, and to sing the words to a song that you've, you've spent years singing. But is, a, is it a song of your lips or is it an anthem of your hearts? I, I struggle to believe that God loves me. I just do. And so I don't like to sing How He Loves, quite frankly. Because it just kind of bothers me. I can't sit there and sing that song just like words off of my tongue when I don't believe it to be true in my heart. Otherwise, that would be a lie. God is calling us back to our roots tonight. He's inviting you to come to the table and to come sit and to look into his eyes and to own up. It's kind of difficult to do, isn't it? It's a little awkward, but it's been a while. We're going to be reading in Mark 2 tonight. It's one of my favorite stories. Says this, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in the spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sons are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? I love this story because it's so audacious and it's so ridiculous and I don't know who I resonate more with. The sit-down or the guy carrying his friends. And so Jesus is in the town and he's preaching. I need you're the paralyzed man. Just lay down, thank you. Don't move, don't smile, don't breathe. Actually breathe, you're just fine. <laughs> and so Jesus is teaching and there's a huge crowd surrounding him. And there's a paralyzed dude with four friends. And they carry him all the way to Jesus. Okay, you four, I just want you to carry Dempsey all back. (laughs) (laughs) They carried him. (laughs) Be careful what friends you choose, I'm just saying. The Bible says that they carried him all the way there, and when they got there, and when you reach the end, you can just come back. Just keep carrying him. That's all you need to do. <laughs> and so when they get there, there's so many people that they can't get in. So what do they do? Do they turn and go home? Do they say, hey, sorry, bro, today's not your day of healing. <laughs> oh, please don't drop them. Okay, y'all can drop them. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> Just go. This is going from zero to zero. Thank you. My goodness, y'all need to get in the weight room.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: I said that. You're welcome. I'm going to talk to your coaches.
1: So, so here's the deal.
0: They're carrying their paralyzed guy, and it wasn't a child. It was a grown man. And, and they can't get into Jesus. And so being the incredible friends that they are, they go all the way to the top, and they begin to tear a hole in the roof. That's not normal. That's probably not acceptable. It's actually quite bold and audacious to do that. But see, here's the point. Love demands a price. There is always a cost to love. There is always a cost to love. There's a cost to give love. There's a cost to receive love. Love will cost you time reputation, sweat, energy. It will cost you to love others. It will cost you to receive love. I've thought about that story often and thought, I wonder who it was more awkward for. (laughs) Paralyzed man? Uh, Hey, I don't know, I'm just with them. Just chilling. Or was it more awkward for the four men who tore a hole in the roof while the supposed son of God was teaching? That cost someone some money. That cost someone some back pain. That cost someone a, a reputation. See, love demands a price to be paid. Love will cost you something. True, pure love will cost you something. In 1 Corinthians 13, I'm sure you're all very familiar with this passage, says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Does that sound like you? Does that describe you? Insert your own name. This is going to be fun. Can't wait. Tara is patient and kind. Tara does not envy or boast. Tara is not arrogant or rude. Tara does not insist on her own way. Tara is not irritable or resentful. Tara does not rejoice at wrongdoing but Tara rejoices with the truth. Tara bears all things. Tara believes all things. Tara hopes all things. Tara endures all things. See, when we take out the word love and put our own name in it, it changes everything. John 13, 35, Jesus said, people will know that you are my disciples by the way you love each other. By the way you love each other. That means our lives are marked. I don't know if I were to ask people to describe Tara. I don't know. Well, let's just be honest. The first 10 things they would not say is Tara loves people. Probably be something silly like Tara loves her dog and Tara loves sugar. And and Tara loves hanging out with her cornerstone family, which actually isn't dumb. I think that's pretty cool. But it, it, it wouldn't be Tara. Tara's full of love. But Jesus said the way that people will know that you are mine, that you're actually a legitimate disciple or follower of mine, is by the way you love each other. But is that true of you? Is that true of your culture at Cornerstone? Is that true of your circle, of your tribe, of your people? Are you marked by the way you love others? It says in Scripture, somewhere between Genesis and Revelation, I couldn't find it earlier. I didn't have access to Google. But it says this if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, you've given it to me. And you and I can't give each other a a cup of cold water. If we can't give each other a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, there's no way we're going to carry each other to the feet of Jesus. That's the point. If we can't do the little things in love and with love, we will never get to do the big things for God in love and with love. Is your life marked by love? Is your life marked by the way you love others? The problem is (laughs) our pride. I'm great at this one. Someone hurts my feelings and offends me and upsets me. Here's Tara's audio tape in her head. You ready? That's cool, man. I didn't need you anyway. You do you, I'm going to do me. That's pride. That is nothing but pride. That's not love. That's not 1 Corinthians 13 that says love bears all things. Our pride gets in the way. Our bitterness and resentment our unforgiveness our own pure selfishness me myself and i it's all about me our clicks and it all goes down to the 1415 principle see it's not that you and i can't or won't love people it's that you and i don't love jesus john 1415 Jesus was talking to the disciples, and he said this, If you really love me like you say you do, you'll do what I've asked you to do, period. I mean, Jesus could have said it a million other ways. He could have said a million different things. If you love me like you say you do, you'll be the loudest one singing during worship time. Or you'll raise your hands. Or you'll have seven shirts in your closet at all times that have Jesus on it somewhere. Or you'll have the most followers on Instagram. He didn't say any of that. What he said is, children, if you love me, you'll do what I've asked you to do. And Jesus asks us to love people. He says the greatest commandment is to love me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. It's to love others. So when I refuse to love the ones around me, I am screaming with my life. I don't love Jesus. That's pretty bold. It's pretty blunt. It's not about keeping a set of rules, it's not about some ridiculous, unattainable standard that you can't reach up to. It's not about how close can you get to the line and flirt with temptation and play with your sin. Even the Apostle Paul said, since grace abounds, should I just keep sinning? And his answer is no exclamation point. It's about love. Love. 1 Corinthians 13, love, pure love. So see, the real problem is not that you and I don't love each other. I mean, that's a problem, okay? Because there's an all-out war happening. And people are dying every single second. Either forever and ever in hell or forever and ever in heaven. But they don't know that there's a God and there's a better way because you and I, instead of loving each other, we're we're being argumentative, we're, we're being prideful, we have our cliques, we're being resentful. We're being unforgiving. We're, we're competing with each other. We, we one-up each other all the time. Because we're selfish and we're prideful and it's about me, myself, and I. And God is saying, you have to return to your roots, baby. And it's love. You were birthed in love. You were created in love. It's incredible that the God of the universe who made a walrus took his time with his really big careful hands and he formed you and he made you and praise God none of us look like a water <laughs> so, it's love you and I don't love Jesus like we think we do I'll be the first to admit. Because Tara does what Tara wants to do. And Jesus said, Tara, if you don't do what I've asked you to do, then you don't love me. Period. There's a quote. And uh, Thanos says this. And I think it's appropriate for tonight as we close out. He says this, I know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail nonetheless. I know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail nonetheless. I know that the way you and I live our lives can feel right because it feels good and it feels comfortable. But if it does not line up with Scripture, it is wrong. Period. You don't get to set the stage. You don't get to set the standard. You don't get to rewrite the rules. You don't get to pick and choose what you believe to be true and say the rest is false. You're either in or you're out. And you have to choose. You have to choose. And it matters how you live your life. And it matters how you love others or don't love others. Because we're in this thing together. And man, life is hard. But how much more difficult do we make it on ourselves and on each other? Because instead of linking arms and fighting together, we're fighting each other. And we're pissed at each other. And we're talking about each other. And I literally watched some of you sit by yourselves today. And no one went up and talked to them. No one. And that is on you. So the question tonight for you is, do you love Jesus? There's no right or wrong answer, just an honest answer. Because you cannot make things right with the ones around you until you get your heart right with Jesus. You can try to fix things all day long with each other, but if you don't get this right, nothing else will matter. And we're just not going to waste time this year. It's the first night of retreat, and so we're just going to do this thing. Where's your heart at tonight with Jesus? Has your love grown cold? Did you have this incredible experience at retreat last year, and then you went home and you played with your sin and you're a punks to your friends, and you held unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment in your heart towards everyone else? Because the truth of the matter is, you don't love Jesus. You just love the experience. Well, I'm telling you, we don't have time for an experience. Life is gonna get far more difficult. I'll be the first one to tell you. There is always gonna be sin. I wanted to get high last night. Too honest, there it is. And I had to sit there and battle my flesh at one o'clock in the morning. Because there's an enemy, the devil, who hates my guts and he hates you and he hates his retreat. But you're making it really easy for me. So tonight, here's how we're gonna close this thing out. I just want you to be still. Close your eyes and consider your heart.